What's going on, everyone? I'm Heath. If I'm Jay. And you're listening to Host of Horror Special Episode. Today's episode, we are discussing our top five favorite films of all time. Jay! <laughs> so this will be slightly different from the other special episodes. And the fact that our top fives may or may not be different from what our previous conversations may lead you to think. So prepare with caution. You may be surprised. Shocked, maybe. Is Santa Claus on your top five? The Tim (laughs) Allen film? It's not. But (laughs) I unironically love the Santa Claus. It's such a... It's a different kind of film for me. I love it. My fiance put a beret, like a beret, on the other day. Looked just like Bernard. Oh, it my made me giggle. God, that is adorable. Because <laughs> yeah, oh they got the god. short hair, looked just like Bernard. Hilarious. Oh my god, <laughs> my heart, my heart. All right, so Mister Host Number One, let's start out with yours and see. Start off with yeah. mine. Okay, so. When we decided to do the top five, my top four were initially picked. Like, I knew what my top four were going to be. They just kind of, like, moved around, and I shuffled them a good bit. Number five was on a weird spectrum, because I kept going back and forth between a lot of films. Mm. Um, at one point, it was The Wailing. At one point, it was Alien. At one point, it was Hereditary. At one point, it was Kung Fu Hustle. Great film. Amazing film. Don't look so... at me like that. No, Kung Fu Hustle is great. It's, it's just so like, good. Your your choices so far have been all over the place, as expected. Yeah. Um. But I kind of... I went back to childhood with this one, and I guess the reason I didn't want to pick this film is because everyone kind of picks this film a little bit. Like, it's, it's one of the greatest sequels of all time. And I was trying to avoid it. Is it Shrek 2? No, close. Fuck. Close. <laughs> it's on the same wave wavelength of great sequels as Shrek 2. Um, okay. <laughs> but uh, so growing up, I spent a lot of time at my Pentecostal grandmother's house. Oh. And my grandpa didn't really spend a whole lot of time with him, didn't really know him a whole lot. That dude loved movies. And he had a bunch of VHSs that he would let me borrow because it's, you know, Katuna. There's nothing in Katuna, Louisiana. There's no, there's a railroad track. Girl, what in the hell is Katuna? It's south of Mansfield. Oh my god. Yeah. So anywho, bored out of my mind looking through VHSs and he he the VHSs he had like the the complete trilogy of Indiana Jones films. Mm. He had three ninjas, all three of them. You know the little kid ninjas? It was amazing. Great movies. Um, but there was one movie that stuck out that I kept watching, kept watching, and kept watching, and I believe the VHS is still at my grandmother's to this day, and that is Terminator 2 Judgment Day. Ooh, okay. I tried so hard not to pick this, but I just can't. I love this movie. I I get it, because it's fucking Terminator. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And that's the one with the... With the cool special effects, right? Yeah, it's the T-1000. Yeah. Uh, yeah, uh, Patrick... Ooh, what is his name? It's not Patrick Stewart. It's not Swayze, right? It's not Swayze. Uh... He was also in True Blood. He was also in The Faculty. Wait. Oh, God. You know who I'm talking about. I can picture it. You know it's what? Patrick something another. We're, we're going to look this up. I don't care if... People get on to me about, oh, why on your phone? All right, so you said from True Blood, right? He's from True Blood and Terminator 2 and The Faculty. I have actually not seen The Faculty. You haven't seen The Faculty? I have not. That's good. That's a good one. It's a good horror movie. Anyway, figure it out. Robert Patrick? Robert Patrick, that's it. I switched the last name as a first name. You showed it. Robert Patrick. He he did amazing in this movie. The movie's so good, man. The, the Faculty? That's a that's a horror movie? It is a horror movie. It was uh directed by um uh, of course What was his name? Of course it's Robert Rodriguez. Robert Rodriguez. There we go. It's a good movie. Uh, I I got that'll be on my it's next written by list. the same guy that wrote Scream. Of course. 
It's good. <laughs> oh, God, it's going to be so campy. It means I'm going to love it. It Fudge. is. It's very campy. It's very good. I'm going to love it. No, it's not know. campy and very good and still very good. Terminator 2. All right. Dude. So what made you like it so much besides T-1000? Well, that was the initial draw was the action is amazing. Um, the pacing is very good. So even as a kid, it's a long movie. But as a kid, I still watch the whole thing. And then growing up, the story is very, very good. Um, and the basic premise is like uh, the, the thing that draws me to it is uh, the Terminator. Uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger's The Terminator. Mm. Going from machine learning human emotions. Like there, the, the the end where he goes, uh, I know now why you cry. It's just something I'll never do. Mm. Gets me a little bit. It's amazing. And he kind of like, and the mom even says, Sarah Connor is even like, yeah, out of all the men that have been in John Connor's life, who would have thought a Terminator would be the best father? It's so good, man. Ooh. And the special effects are being, I think it's 91, 92. I want to say something that, like that. Yeah. It's early, early 1990s. The special effects still hold up to this day. James, fuck it. Jamie Cameron, man. Jamie Cameron <laughs> killed it. Man, that's what I remember that movie for is the special effects. And like back when I was trying to get into VFX and all of that, we had to study T-1000 and study all of the effects that went into Terminator 2 in order to basically learn about the history of special effects in that fashion. Mm-hmm. And man, when I tell you, it was a phenomenal experience. It's like looking at the behind the scenes of it <laughs> on those small underpowered of by today's standards computers. Mm-hmm. They were chugging along trying to get all of those special effects done. And I'm like, wow, they were able to get that done in the 90s. Yeah, one of my favorite is when they're working on the Terminator's head. The back of the head is a prop. And the mirror that you see is actually Arnold Schwarzenegger. So it's not a mirror, it's just a cutout. That's smart. And the woman that played, that was in the mirror, uh, Sarah. so you had Sarah Connor working on the head. You see her face. Mm. But you don't see, you see the back of her in the mirror. That's actually her twin sister. Oh my God. That's fucking a, genius. That is the perfect <laughs> use of twins. Honestly, like that, that that's the perfect use of twins right there. Mary Kane, Ashley, who <laughs> <laughs> I think um, it was her twin sister. It's either a twin sister or just her sister. But yeah, they, I know they used her sister in that shot and it's just, it's a simple yet very effective um, effect. And the whole movie, for it being an action movie, it's very well written. For it to be a long movie, it's beautifully paced. And again, the special effects hold up, so it's it, it checks all the my, all the markings on my little my little booklet. It checks all the boxes. All the boxes. <laughs> so that's my number five, Terminator Two: Judgment Day. Okay, so my top five is gonna be based off like what really sticks to me. So they may or may not be good movies by like you know standards of actual critics but <laughs> it, they're, they're good to me they're they're fun in my heart good either that made me cry like a lot which you know doesn't really say much i cry a lot so take that with caution so num- number five may shock you okay so this not is it's not going to be in any particular order it's just like top five movies that I know that I really liked either from when I was a kid or when I was like an adult. So one of them is a, a probably going to be one. If people know me, they know that I'm a big fan of the certain video game. Ooh. And it's one that's, as they say, has a rough transition to 3D. <gasps> so my top five, number one of, of them is 2020's Sonic the Hedgehog. Oh! So... What? <laughs> oh, come on. Like, you should have saw this coming. I have a whole Sonic tattoo. I know. <laughs> so, basically, I was a really big fan of this uh, genre of, you know, video game movies because, like, I'm unironically a fan of the Super Mario movie, the one that was, like, very, like, 
hardcore. Where the Goombas are like little walking. Yeah, oh. I thought I hated I hated it back when I was a kid, but as an adult, I it it, it was gave me King of the Hill vibes. Fucking, I appreciated way more. Fucking Theodore Rex looking ass. <laughs> like, what the hell, man? So <laughs> basically, me being a Sonic fan for such a long time, like. We were, I was both skeptical but hype as fuck for this movie to come out. And then whenever the bullying happened for the studio to basically redesign Sonic to his current fucking adorable, mind you, state in the um, current movie is just... The movie plays out so well. It's so... It's so inoffensive. And I really do like the characterization of Sonic in this one as... um you know, coming from a different place, blah, 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 blah. And the concept of the rings being portals. So I just thought that was really cool to implement different things into the canon that make it to make a whole new canon. And it's just, I, I just had a blast of watching it, honestly. Like I just had a fun time and it may not be like, oh, boundary breaking, but it was like, it, it made me laugh. It made me happy. I got good payoffs. The only thing that I don't care about is the product placement and how <laughs> obvious it is. If you've seen it, y'all know about the Olive Garden gift card. Y'all know about the Olive Garden gift card. Uh, it's like uh, what Starbucks in the Power Rangers movie. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, why is or no, this what, a thing? What, it was donuts. Krispy Kreme. That's what it was. Krispy Kreme. Power Rangers movie. Or like Subway in any like Korean drama or something. It's like, it's so overt. <laughs> or or even better, Nike in Blood Rage. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was giving me that. Except this was like so overt. But other than that, like. I was a big fan of the movie and I was just very excited about it. And it made my inner child happy and my outer grown ass man happy too. So you excited about the new game? Oh, fuck. Yeah. I saw Um, the trailer for it the other day and it looks really good. I'm not a huge Sonic person. Like the last Sonic game I played was unleash where like, he's like a vampire. I fucking love the werehog and people can fight me on it. (laughs) That's the last game I played, but I've never been a huge fan of Sonic, but this one looks good. Um, if you decide to play, play Sonic Colors Ultimate. That was a pretty good one. Okay. It's a remake of the Wii version, and so that's the, the best one so far. Um, But yeah, I just really liked it, and yeah, that's my number five, if you're counting it in some order. So, woo! All right, uh, my number four is... Drum roll, please. Kill Bill. Oh shit! I love Kill Bill. I don't like the. I don't like Volume Two as much as Volume One. I know you kind of have to add them together. Like even Quentin Tarantino kind of counts them as one film. But if I had to pick, it's it's Volume One. Love this movie. I am a huge martial arts movie fan i love martial arts movies i love anime and for quentin tarantino to not only make a good martial arts movie with a beautifully animated segment that is a huge homage to 80s and 90s anime and all the uh homages to uh wasn't a reference to rashomon um the revenge uh samurai revenge movie i'm not 52 i'm not sure I, I only remember certain parts of it because I had to study Kill Bill again for class, and that was one of the uh, things they talked about was like the um, homage. Uh, there's so many uh, down to like the suit that she wears at the end. It's fucking it's Bruce Lee's yellow spandex suit. And baby Uma Thurman. Oh, so, so sexy. Mm. Oh my god. <laughs> like when I tell you, oh, I never thought Uma Thurman okay. would be a sex like like a sex icon with that, but like she was fucking serving y'all. I loved loved it. It's iconic. She was good. Lucy Liu as Oren. I'm sorry. Take my fucking heart and just have it, baby. Like, mm. uh, and um, if it's if the first one's what I'm thinking about. There is this uh, Japanese actress, Chiaki Kuriyama. Gogo Yubari. I want to yeah, say she's go, in the go. first one. I, man, I didn't put two and two together until, like, way later on. Because, like, I follow, like, Chiaki Kuriyama as, like, 
an art like a singer because she does like singing on between her um her gigs you know her movie gigs so i was like holy crap that's her in it so i was like that was really cool and she did an awesome job yeah, she and- played a amazing little psycho bitch the movie is so good it's it's non-linear storytelling because like the whole beginning like fight is after the whole O-Ran fight. Mm-hmm. So it's Quentin Tarantino's non-linear storytelling. It's his writing, which I- I'm almost positive he could write a episode of Teen Titans Go and make it seem like Shakespeare. Fart jokes and all. See, the my only problem with anything that Tarantino does is the fact that, like, depending on the subject matter, he may or may not go into slur territory. And I'm like, oh, there's no, no way you have to say the N-word when you're trying to make us like a Western that has to do with slavery. I'm just saying. But that's another time for another day for another podcast. But no, I really liked Kill Bill a it's lot. So good. I so I, I agree with that. It's That's so a good. good one. It almost got an M seventeen rating because of all the blood at the like the last fight. So you know what he did? The part where she plucks the eyeball out, he just made it black and white. So there's still all the blood and all the gore effects. He didn't cut a damn thing out. All he did was got rid of the color red. Proving that the uh, the rating system here in America does not care about blood, violence, or gore. They it's, only care about the color red. That's a sham. <laughs> and I thought it was a very artistic choice with the making it black and white. I thought it was like totally intentional. Oh, and, and like the, was not like a ratings thing. And the transition between because uh, you got where like she plucks the eyeball out. That's when it goes to black and white. So that's cool. But then transitioning back into full color is her taking a breather for the first time, and she blinks. And as soon as she blinks, color comes back, and it's like, mm, beautiful. That's an amazing transition. Amazing transition. So it, I, I I love that. Is, is, oh, I love Kill Bill. It's so good. That's my number four. Nice, nice. So my number four is going to be kind of weird. So, are, are you familiar with Chris Rock? Like, the work of Chris Rock? Yes. I, I or, have seen him and Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back. It, have you seen anything of his from the early <laughs> early 2000s? A, a Ru- few. A like, few Rush things. Hour Notwithstanding. That's Chris Tucker. Was it Chris Tucker? No. 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 You're right. You're right. I keep on forgetting my Chris's. There's too many goddamn Chris's in Hollywood, y'all. <laughs> too many of them. All right. So, Chris Rock. My number four is going to be Head of State. Chris Rock oh, okay. being being the first black president, right? My little kid ass was all like, oh my God, a black president. <laughs> and baby, I was really inspired by that film. I was like, I watched that thing left, right, up and down. I Every time it came on TV, I watched that thing so freaking much. Not knowing that less than five years later, all of everything would come true with Obama being the first black president in the office. So it was just like, Oh, it was a premonition. And so sometimes I like to be like, <laughs> Chris Rock did it first. <laughs> I, my favorite part of it is just like the jokes landed so well. And the whole journey of, you know, this ordinary man, this ordinary person just going from, almost like rags to riches except he's coming from basically like the hood to to basically being a president actually the president and all the obstacles that stood in his way even from his own people and it it is actually it's really good if you watch the film it's a very clever film it didn't really get that much i don't think it was like a box office like hit but it it was very modest hit so I just recommend it because it's just a good, solid, fun, um, com- you know, black comedy about almost a black comedy as in the genre, but a black comedy as in like if you black and you like comedy, you like this <laughs> about, you know, the first president before Obama came in to town. So I remember having an argument with a friend in high school about that. Oh, dear God. I was like I was talking about a black comedy that he should totally check out. It's it's dark, morbid and beautiful. He comes back after the next day after watching it and goes, dude, there wasn't a single black person in that movie. Mm. No, good sir. 
no. And he's like, well, okay, well, if that's a black comedy, what would you call a, a black comedy? A comedy. Honestly, you're not you're not wrong at that at all. But like, we can go through this whole conversation about how black movies are like less known and less like promoted, less everything than their white counterparts. But that's like I said, another time for another podcast for another day. Yeah, because I can write a whole dissertation about that. But yeah, that's my that's my number four pick. Head of state, cuckoo. So moving on to number three, my number three, which I had to go back and forth between my number three and my number two, and this is where this is landing, Lord of the Rings, and I'm counting the whole fucking trilogy. You cannot make me separate these movies, and if you're making me, I'm picking uh, the two towers. The eye roll that I just gave is so real right now. Lord of the Rings is so good. Lord of the Rings is so good, but yet it. <laughs> I don't know why I'm utterly unsurprised by the fact you love Lord of the Rings. So good. I I I. So what made you like it? What made me like it was honestly Gimli and Legolas. Everything else was like second. Like the fights were really really cool. Frodo and Sam's little bromance turned to to gay mance turned into oh they're not actually gay but I wish they were. Not a fucking. Yeah, no. Like when Sam went back home and married that bitch from the pub, I was like, "No! You're breaking Frodo's heart." Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Never before have I heard a ship sail so hard <laughs> and Mary, sink so hard. Mary and Pippin was fun, too. All the characters are fun. The action was really good. It was a fucking grandiose set piece, and they literally were filming movies back to back to back, not even knowing if the first one was going to be a success. They had that much confidence in this shit. Man, if I were able to film a whole trilogy worth of movies just right next to each other right off the bat i will be a millionaire right now and a fucking studio just gave it it's not like nowadays where you got to come out with fucking dune part one and hope it does good enough to get a part two unless you're like a marvel movie this studio was like yeah no we're gonna go ahead and throw money to for you to make a three-part fucking epic that is four hours long each movie (laughs) i think honestly i feel like the only reason why that in particular was so successful is because it's basically like when you think of high fantasy that's the first thing you think of lord of the rings and the hobbit like that's yeah and so back to why i love the movie because fuck the hobbit those movies suck oh back to why i love the lord of the rings i'm sorry the hobbit looks like fucking world of warcraft animated it i don't like that movie at all it's rushed, it's stupid, it's rushed, but also winded. Like, they took a a small, little, condensed story and made it three fucking movies for no reason. Child, where's my tea at? Because, damn, that's a take. Fuck that. That is a take. Fuck that movie. Anyway, Gimli and Legolas' relationship throughout the entire movie is fantastic. I love when they start out being totally racist towards each other, and by the end of it, they are the biggest of bros i love that shit and it's all through the shit that they go through them actually sitting down and having a conversation realizing that dwarves and elves never actually sat and just talked that they're not actually different they're just taught that they're different i love their relationship they have such a good little bromance okay okay i'm gonna give you that i'm gonna give you that i need to watch that movie again because i have not seen it since before high school it's been a minute you're 27 now you have a job yeah i don't Do you really think you have the time to watch lord of the rings i would have to plan like i would have to take a vacation and then plan three days out of that vacation to watch those movies oh my god or at least a weekend do nothing you know but what? just wake up and watch those movies I, I i can't even like blame you for that because like there's people who do that every year for Marvel movies, so I can't I, I can't even fault you for that. Yeah, and most Marvel movies aren't even that good. You're right. I, that's not I'm, even I'm much just... of a hot take. That's like you're right. No, because depending yeah, depending on the, serviceable, yeah. yes, serviceable, yes, fun, yes, good. Eh, let's be honest. Eh, 
And it depends. I am a, I'm just a sucker for them, but that's just me. Yeah. I love a good interconnected story. <laughs> All right. So I just I just thought of a new number three in my head because this one it we're kind of going back into childhood, y'all, with this one. Is it the Star Wars prequels? No, fuck you. <laughs> um, actually, I feel like you you may have heard this movie because of you know certain things that people may be into. How high? Yes, I fucking loved How High. Yes, knowing we're Red Man that, and Method Man yes. go to college. Yes, yes, I loved that movie. Knowing doggone well, I had no business watching that movie when I was six <laughs> years old. When I was like, before I was even 10. I honestly, I want to say, I think I accidentally broke the VHS because I watched it so much. It's just that, how high for, for me, for some reason, was just the definition of a comfort movie. It's so, it's so funny. And, <laughs> it's hilarious. And it's like, even though, of course, it's like 2001, so of course it's going to be outdated as shit. But like, my God, I just adored every moment just watching that film from the jokes <laughs> to the Mark of Buddha. Just, and like, <laughs> the whole thing about the whole like ghost thing and like how you can, if you can get so high, you you get become smart, and if you get even higher, you basically like get well, to see fucking ghosts and shit. Everyone, they they grow they grew a marijuana plant mm. using the ashes of their dead buddy or mm-hmm. something like that. Yeah, that's and how they got. That's how they passed all their tests. Whenever I tell you, I just I should have known there was something. Whenever I watched this movie, because I was like that that movie sticks out to me in so many good ways. Because I watched that movie so many times as a kid I, i'm glad you picked this one because i thought you were about to pick half baked and i was like i don't know half baked is funny don't get me wrong it I've is a stoner classic never watched it it's funny it's a stoner classic but how high is better in my opinion i've um also my favorite one of my favorite actresses at the time lark Voorhees. before god rest her soul she kind of went look she had she had a she had a britney moment um she was hilarious as the love interest in a movie, and it just oh, goes. She to, was the love mm, interest. Of, she was good looking. She was very. She was very pretty. Like that was. I feel like that was her peak. And I think she was like. I can't remember if she was in her late twenties or thirties in that point. She was a little bit older because you know yeah. she was coming from you know Saved by the Bell and all of those times, and I just really liked it. So that's my uh, number three and. Oh God! It just it, it it gives me so much nostalgia just thinking about that movie. Like I get many good feelings about it. Like I said, mine is all over the place. Yeah, no, but that's a good one. That I love. How high is a good one? Mm. I haven't seen that movie in forever. Right <laughs> now, I want to watch it. Goddamn! All right, my number two. Ooh, No Country for Old Men. I know all mine are like pretty much going down the same path. Um, he loves him some fucking westerns. I do love westerns, and this is a beautiful modern western. This movie is so good. This movie is so good. No country. Wait, I keep on. I think I'm always confusing. Um, no country for old men for oh brother, where art thou? I don't I mean, know it's why. The same, it's the same directors. Pro- um, that's probably why. Because the Conan like, brothers. No, um, no country for old men is the one that had. Um, oh my god, I cannot think of his name. The character's name is Anton Chigurh. Um He was in Dune. Heart. heart. Oh, is it the one who played Big Dude? Or no. Is he- or it was he, the it was the leader of the 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 blue eyed people. Oh him! Oh, I forgot his name. Harvey Harvier Bardet, Bardeen. We're just uh, all right. You you talk about it while I look it up. This movie is amazing. It is beautiful, beautifully shot, well paced, phenomenally acted. I mean, the, you're just not a bad actor in this movie, and the Conan brothers sh- knock it out of the park yet again. Oh, see, okay. There's so many movies with Woody Harrelson in it that I did not know that Woody Harrelson's in. Yeah. Like, 
he's such a chameleon when it comes to roles because good god there's so many of them that i didn't know that he was in i just He's just all over the place. Was I right, though? You were correct. Javier Bardem? Yeah, you were correct. Ha! Ha 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 ha. Anyway, he does a phenomenal job as... Have you ever seen No Country for Old Men? That's the one I haven't seen. That's I think that's why I keep it on confusing with my brother, uh, Rathal. Okay, we need to watch that movie. All right, bet. It is so, so good. Like, I kind of... There's things I want to spoil, but I don't want to spoil if you haven't seen it because it's. You, oh, I'm gonna probably if we're gonna watch it, we're gonna watch it so you can spoil me on it anyway. It, it's just very well acted, and there's this beautiful theory about the movie where you you focus on Josh Brolin's character who finds money from a, a cartel deal gone bad, mm. and he uh. He's being chased down not only by the cartel, but by Anton Chigurh, who is this, like, mega assassin. Like, he is emotionless. He is haunting. He he literally goes to get gas, and simply because the gas station attendant was being friendly and asking a few too many questions, he gets pissed off and has, like, a war of words with him before telling him to call it, saying he's going to flip a coin call it and the guy's like well what do i have to lose and he goes everything this man was about to shoot a guy about to kill a guy simply for just asking too many questions being a little too nosy so good anywho there's a theory though that the uh main uh uh officer that is chasing after trying to find uh josh brolin's character um i can't think of his name right now ellis no I can't think of his name right now, but, um, the actor's name or the character's name. It's Josh Brolin is the actor. Um, but Tommy Lee Jones's character is trying to find him, trying to, um, help him out. And there's this beautiful theory that Tommy Lee Jones or Anton Chigurh only exists in Tommy Lee Jones's head. So, he throughout the movie he reminisces about the the his dad being uh, an officer and his grandfather being an officer and how they would handle you know these kind of times mm. you know and there's um this idea that he pictures this embodiment of evil rather than the world itself being evil so anton Chigurh being this totally fucked up individual that's just going around murdering people cold-bloodedly with no expression on his face i mean he almost seems like he doesn't blink in most of his scenes like he just seems so unhuman and there's uh, again this idea that he doesn't exist he only exists in tommy lee jones's mind because tommy lee jones has to have a bad guy to go after he can't accept the fact that there is no one bad guy the world is just becoming really fucked up. What kind of fight club shit? It's so good because there's a scene where um, he goes to Josh Brolin's character's motel after a certain event happens. And he notices that the door lock has been blown open, which is something that Anton Chigurh does throughout the entire fucking movie. Oh, and no. you cut to inside where Anton Chigurh is sitting on the bed waiting for Tommy Lee Jones's or just waiting, just sitting there. So Tommy Lee Jones holds the door handle, pulls his weapon, opens it, and no one's there. So leading you to believe, okay, this he's just a figment in his imagination. He's just someone, he's the embodiment of the evil that the world is becoming that Tommy Lee Jones's character can capture. Oh, this man is crazy. Got it. Well, no, but it's just a theory. Like you can watch the whole movie and just assume that Anton Chigurh is a real fucking person. Huh? It's, it's just an idea. It's just a theory about the movie. Like this isn't Canon whatsoever. The movie is so ambiguous. Even it's based off a novel and the novel is even more ambiguous than the movie. Uh so it's one of those movies where you have to fathom the meaning. You have to fathom the or, or come up with your own answers. So good. Oh my! I love love this movie. It man, you 
are you make it sound so good because like it is. you can sell a movie man you can sell it it's so it's good it watch no country for old men like out of all my other movies like terminator kill bill and lord of the rings they're good movies but they're mainly nostalgia is why they're on my top five mm. this is on my top five because i can watch it and have a new outcome every time i watch it mm. like it, it's such a good film to analyze so good okay okay i i i respect that i i, I f's with it because of the fact that this is coming from more of a current version of you rather than like the you know your past versions if that makes any sense Woo! all right so my god my i'm i'm finding it kind of hard to pick what my number two is because there's so many movies that i've seen that like stick out to me so well but <laughs> I think one movie that I feel like I've really grown attached to, I think it was because more so on my, my current filmmaker side, Us. I really, really, really love Us. Yeah, aren't you, you're like in that weird camp where you actually prefer Us over Get Out, right? Oh, yeah, you're right. You are absolutely right. I don't know why. Like, honestly, I think I know why. But at the same time, it's like, I just, it just really just stuck out to me in a way that Get Out does, but not to the same extent. But I think it's also because I saw Us before Get Out, at least not like paying attention to it. But I really enjoyed Us because I think it's because I think you can put multiple people in the same kind of situation, like race be damned. And you can still tell the same story and it'll still play off the same way. And I think that's what I like about it. Also, I realized that I really want to watch the lost boys and canonically (laughs) us takes place during a time in the same location where they're filming the lost boys. So I was like, bonus points for that i really want to see the lost boys now because of it but um are you talking about the beginning when she's a child okay mm-hmm. i didn't know that that's cool it is really cool but um lost boys is really good i know i i, I look i've seen clips from it and it just it looks so good i'm hate that i haven't seen it yet it's sexy vampires but it isn't what wasn't like river phoenix in it i think so yeah i think it he's was, one of the kids yeah, I think it was like around the time. Was like he's one of the, I'm pretty sure he's one of the vampire hunters that talks like this the entire movie because it makes him seem like a bad. No, but it's like on purpose. Like he, there's moments where he'll break that facade, but like whenever he's trying to seem tough, he always talks like this. It's adorable. <laughs> it's like I think it's like the Lost Boys is in the same vein as like the Stand by Me kind of crowd. It's, I think because probably the same people Stand or similar by me people. Is good. So I need to watch those. Stand by me is good, but Shawshank Redemption was very close to being in my top five too. I'm sorry, Ooh, keep going. that one was really good. It's a good movie, but um, but yeah, no, I just really enjoyed us. It made me. I'm not gonna say it didn't make me cry, but it made me really feel things as a filmmaker from just the way that the acting was done. I'm starting to think I like double roles because. Not not like some of these honorable mentions, like freaking Blood Rage now, because I've seen it like God knows how many times because of this podcast. Yay. <laughs> Blood Rage, Pluto Nash, hell, even the parent trap. Just I I've grown an appreciation for people who can play multiple roles and Austin play Austin awesome Powers. <laughs> um shoot, even with everything with American horror story. Like playing in the whole anthology of characters and then playing off those same characters too mm-hmm. at the same time. I really, really respect that because that takes a lot of acting effort. Like it takes a lot of acting effort because you're basically playing off yourself and it's almost in the same energy as like, you know, the whole playing with a, um, a CGI doll or like kind of like a CGI thing, kind of like Roger Rabbit or Sonic the Hedgehog or like, you know, stuff like that. So it gives me that same energy. But I'm just really 
into it. Um, Lupita Nyong'o played an amazing role. The she kids played so an amazing good. role. Honestly, she did so good. That raspy voice she did for Red. Mm. That made my throat hurt. Mm-hmm. I and I'm also like very bitter that it did not get any awards. Like Tom out. So I'm always gonna be bitter about yeah, that. Yeah, but horror is always snubbed for awards. Like, well, you would you would think that since Got Out got so much love, got so much like recognition, that Us will follow suit. But it, but even Get Out, as good and as recognized as it was, didn't get. I don't think it got anything, did it? Not anything significant, if I remember correctly. Yeah, it, horror is always snubbed. It does not matter. It's a, it's a shame. It's yeah. a shame. Um, but yeah, that's my number two. And I'm excited to talk about my number one is because the movie for it is still in the festival circuit. So it's not really out in theaters quite yet or (gasps) released yet. So cheating. Oh, it's not cheating. It's cheating because I haven't seen it. No, it's cheating because (laughs) I went to Sundance. (laughs) Oh, 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 look at you. All right. Go about your number one. Oh, fuck you. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, My number one is pretty obvious to anyone who knows me or anyone who has recently watched uh our episodes godzilla versus bylante no oh fuck okay. tombstone uh, <laughs> of course it is tombstone i love tombstone i i feel like i'm just like re-stepping over what i've already said because well last time i went into huge depth this one it's just it's well written it's well acted Kurt fucking Russell kills it. Val Kilmer is Doc Holliday. There is no other Doc Holliday other than Val Kilmer. I just hate the fact that Val Kilmer is just like not in the best of health at all anymore. Yeah, it's sad, but it's so sad. He's such a good he. He was, and I'm sure still is, because he was in that McGroover movie, and he was funny in that. Now he can't even speak. Barely. He he can still speak. He but it's barely. It's very raspy. Have you seen the documentary Val? I I, I couldn't. I, I watched it. I tried to watch it. I couldn't. I it like, hurts. I feel too many emotions it about hurts. this. And then reading the interview, mm. like about him, like about that uh, documentary, I was like, nope, can't do it. Cannot do it. Not even a little bit. So sad. <laughs> very sad. But he kills it in this movie. Tombstone is so good. Oh, so good. So, on a side note, before I get to my number one, apparently Heath wants to do a side story, side story, side channel, side or whatever, <laughs> to where he, I basically react to movies that he shows me that I haven't seen yet, and there's apparently a lot of movies I haven't seen yet that he wants me to watch. So yeah, go, like doing this podcast with you, I've noticed that. Wow, yeah. Yeah. Like, it's not as bad as my fiance because my fiance hasn't watched anything. <laughs> but but I just like what I like, I guess. <laughs> or I'm just so picky or choosy of what I watch because I don't have time. Or I have the attention span of a freaking uh pebble. Damn. I don't know. Maybe They're not even sentient. Sentient. They're not Words. even sentient. Words in English. See, this is why we're filmmakers and not English majors. <laughs> But and yet we choose to do a podcast where we speak the English. Oof. Oof. <laughs> but Tombstone is very good. Please, please go check that movie out. It's so good. I think he's just gonna keep circle jerking around it, so I'm just gonna go ahead with my number one movie. What's your number one? My number one is another Winston Duke movie. A little bit backstory to it. I went to Sundance in 2020 um, as a volunteer. So it was really cool, really cool experience. It was through my school. I low-key was like, oh, I'm going to meet some celebrities here. But I was also here to like basically watch movies, network, and hopefully find a job, right? So one of the people who I was really excited to see was Winston Duke. And I was like, okay, cool. So there's this movie that he was in that he executive produced called Nine Days. And it was the directorial future directorial debut of Edson Oda, who is a Brazilian-Japanese filmmaker who basically 
who's been in the game in um Brazil, if I remember correctly, for the past like you know good chunky years doing like commercials and short films. He does a few short films that he've uh, he's actually won. One of them is I forgot the name of it, but it's really cool and animated one that basically acts like a animated comic, but it's made entirely of paper. Hmm. Like the story is basically like it's like a flip book. So it's really cool. I think it's actually on YouTube. But um this story is about whew, I'm getting emotional thinking about it. So basically is it talks about the concept of death and being born or being reborn. So uh Winston Duke basically plays this person who basically is um trying to select people essentially to be born and it's very it's a very kind of meta film and i hate that it's still in the festival circuit it recently had a limited theater release so it's kind of like staggering into certain theaters and it was here and i didn't get a chance to watch it again and i really want to watch it again um it has winston duke benedict wong zazzy beats just was it bill scat i think it's bill skaskard Skarsgar? yes you know it yeah pennywise and i forgot another dude from i think not snl basically another dude from like this comedy series right but it's a very just intense and moving drama about going into just what it means to be born or what it means to, to basically die what it means to basically like to what does it mean to exist and the story from what um i've told i've been told by the director during a panel is that the story is based off of kind of like redemption for his uncle because i think his uncle done something or was like something happened to his uncle or he was basically like shunned from the family and before he was able to make amends with the family, he died. And this was kind of like a tribute to his uncle in a way to um, basically atone for his uncle's sins or to, um, what's the other term for it? Basically, it's like, I want to bring closure to this era of my family's life, basically. And talked to and it's, it's uh, it made me cry so many times and then i spoke with uh winston edson and a producer who's i found out later was also producer for uh the remake of birth of a nation so i'm like <clears throat> about it but it was just it's a very moving film and i really hope that when it comes out on PVOD or somewhere, if you catch it at a festival or if it's like a limited screening or something, please, please go watch it. I it's is one of my you know few perfect films that I've ever seen, and just I I get choked up thinking about it. It's just so moving, so emotional, and just everything about it is perfect. The acting, the everything the act is like the acting the way that the pacing is set up the emotions that you feel from every single person oh one last thing the title actually comes from the amount of days that you they uh winston duke's character spends with these people to um consider them to be born into the real world and whatnot so it um it, it'll, it'll get you and i can't wait for people to to finally watch it because god watching the trailer does not do it justice it's a good trailer but it just does not do it tra- justice at all you have to watch a full movie well, yeah so. it sounds like a a unique concept to even try and put in a trailer it's a very unique concept and honestly like it gave me the same vibes of what I felt when I watched Moonlight is just like I I just got so many tingles, I felt so moved and I I'm a sucker for things that drive me to tears. That's just that's just me, man. And I, God, it's so good, so good. <laughs> so 
yeah, that's um my top five and your top five. Woo! Top fives, yeah. Um, so as you can tell, we kind of have like separate things for what it means to be in the top five, but what I like about this podcast is that despite our differences in taste, I feel like we were able to connect on a different level when it comes to like, oh, I get why you like it or or so on and so forth. And I just think that is a really cool thing for this to uh, come up with. And I really want y'all in the comments to kind of talk about what your top fives are and why you like them so much. Because we like legit we want to know yeah because we're not saying like these are you know the top five or top 10 fate best movies of all time this is just our list everyone's list is going to be different i mean obviously ours could have been you know it couldn't have been either further apart but you know it's just our list so definitely let us know what your top five are we would love to hear from y'all not even gonna lie, I'm honestly surprised that none of our lists included any animated movies. Well, oh, for me, I mean, technically, Sonic the Hedgehog is an animated movie, but it's it's a hybrid. So, uh, yeah, I, uh, I don't know. I'm always geared towards like I'm always gonna feel more emotion towards live action. Like anime animation, it may make me get the belly tingles. Mm. You know, I feel happier watching those movies. Like that's a good movie, but like live action if it's good it's a if it's a good live action movie i go damn and that's all my top fives are damn movies makes sense all makes my top sense. movies are damn movies <laughs> they're just damn yeah when like, you get done watching it you're like damn it's a good movie <laughs> oh my gosh man and i just cannot wait for y'all to start like watching the movies that we watch and hearing your feedback on those movies as compared to our opinions of the movies because holy moly man i think you're gonna have a fun time y'all with these um but yeah in uh the coming weeks you will be listening to uh gremlins which we have two special guests so get excited about that oh it's gonna be very chaotic just like the gremlins themselves but it was it was a it was a fun time. It was a fun watch. It's a fun watch. So stay tuned for that, everybody. And until then, I've been Heath. And I've been Jay. And this has been Host of Horrors. <laughs>